Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Hi, guys. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And you all know why we're here. Uh, sadly, the Duke of Edinburgh passed away this morning. Um, the official announcement from the royal family reads, It is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen announces the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. His Royal Highness passed away peacefully this morning at Windsor Castle. Further announcements will be made in due course. The royal family join with people around the world in mourning his loss. Such a uh, devastating morning, devastating news to wake up to. The official website of the royal family was also made temporarily unavailable. It's now been updated. So we have a bit more information about what is set to take place in the coming days. They're saying that in accordance with public health advice, members of the public are asked to continue to follow COVID guidance, not gather in crowds, and not to visit royal residences and pay, to pay their respects. Uh, this happening during a pandemic just throws you know an additional complication into things for sure. Um, also that the royal family is asking that in Instead of floral tributes to make a donation to charity in honor of Prince Philip and an online book of condolences that's also been set up for anyone that wishes to leave messages. I checked it out. You just go and you can it's like an online form. I have seen a lot of pictures, actually, though, of people leaving um, bouquets in front of the Buckingham Palace gates and stuff. So that's mm -hmm. already, you know, I well feel like underway. that's like the natural impulse. Like you just want to yeah. go. And, and, I, and I've been following just several media. Just so the crowds are really gathering outside of Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And they'll notice that the Union flags have been uh, half-masted at all royal residences flying the Union flag. The royal standard will continue to fly at Windsor Castle, where the Queen is still in residence. It's wild to me that today's also the 16th wedding anniversary of Camilla and Charles. We talked about that on the podcast mm -hmm. yesterday that came out yesterday. So yeah, somber day for them. I mean, yeah. to have this news break on that occasion. And, uh, you know, we've seen just you know, the Kensington Royal, Clarence House, they've all shared a similar announcement to what the what was shared on the Royal Family Buckingham Palace's social media accounts. Uh, all the families actually updated their profile pictures on their Instagram and social media accounts to show the royal coat of arms for the United Kingdom. And I saw that their Twitter profile was updated to a picture, a black and white picture of, of Prince Philip, and they all posted the same picture. Um, so very coordinated response. So we know that for the funeral, in line with his wishes, Prince Philip will not receive a state funeral. His body will not be lying in state. Instead, he will lie at Windsor Castle until his funeral in St. George's Chapel. Um, like we mentioned earlier, COVID throwing kind of a wrench into all these plans. The public has been asked to not attend, obviously, so there's not a big gathering outside. Um, lying in state, so that means his body inside or outside a coffin is laid in a building where the public could come to pay respects. So that will not happen. He obviously disliked the unnecessary pomp, the fuss of big celebrations or big um, tributes to him. So I think that having a low key uh, funeral is, is very in line with what he would want. Yeah. And so what we can expect to see is a period of mourning that will last eight days. That's what officially happens. And the monarch, the queen, will refrain from carrying out any royal duties during this time. In addition, following the eight days, a further period of official mourning will continue. Uh, the country is expected to have a period of 10 days of mourning, and the royal household will do that for 30 days. 
So yeah, it's just, I don't know. What was your response? I mean, Roberta, to get this news this morning. Well, I woke up to a text from you, Rachel, which which I... I feel like you were up early and Adam and it's so early. I don't know. And I don't typically go to like Twitter is definitely not my first source in the morning. And I just happened to go there. I didn't have an alert or anything. And I saw it. I saw it like a minute after it was posted. And I was just so immediately sad. I mean, I I think Philip has been such a constant for us through, you know, our royal obsession is obviously not as lengthy as his lifespan. But I feel like it's, you know, he's just always been there. He's like a rock for the family. Yeah. And it's our one of our producers mentioned this, but it is really one of the last of this great generation that has, you know, been alive and through so much world history. And to think he was coming up on his, you know, 100th birthday. In June. I mean, so soon. And has lived through so much, even just this year. I mean, there was a lot of hard times with the pandemic with, you know, Meghan and Harry leaving and, a lot of drama this year from the royal family, but also a lot of happiness. I mean, he saw Princess Beatrice get married, which I thought mm-hmm. was really wonderful. He was alive for his 10th great-grandchild's birth just a, a few weeks ago. Um, so, so much has happened in the last year. And the fact that one of his last outings, I guess, was this personal Easter service that they said he attended with the queen at a private Windsor chapel. So I thought that was really nice. Well, that's also, I think I was, you know, I was reading on Vanity Fair that this past year with the pandemic has actually put Prince Philip and the Queen in a unique position because they've had so much time, just the two of them at Windsor Castle. And the reporting in Vanity Fair talked about how they've, they had become accustomed to taking daily walks and just sort of having this quiet togetherness where typically they're apart. Like he retired from duties in 2017. So I think just to have that time, just the two of them has been really special. And he spent a lot of his time at Sandringham Wood Farm, whereas she was typically in Buckingham or Windsor. So I think that that, yeah, exactly. Having them together like that after being apart for a lot, they would, I think that piece said that they would talk to each other on phone calls daily and discuss what was going on, but but hadn't spent a lot of time before the pandemic in person or mm-hmm. lived lived pretty separate lives for a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think that that's like the immediate thought that I have is just, you know, in that announcement, it says beloved husband first. And the thing we all think of first is just the the relationship. They were, you know, the Queen and Prince Philip were married for 73 years. We saw the photos that were taken by Chris Jackson where they just in November celebrated their 73rd wedding anniversary and they had the cards from the Cambridge kids. And it was, you know, I, I think that it's just that history of their marriage is so special. And certainly the queen has shared the significance of Philip on her life. And a quote from 1997 said, he has quite simply been my main strength and stay all these years. And I owe him a debt greater than he would ever claim or we shall ever know. And not only, I mean, I I think not only the queen's closest advisor and confidant, but also beloved by the royal household staff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we always heard about him being called pee-pee, as in Prince Philip, (laughs) you know, them them loving his his humorous side and his jokes. And that really endeared him to the British public. I mean, he was, he often talked about his hatred for the media, but he did, I think, crack a lot of jokes and the public loved him for that. And so I think- you know, he was kind of this um, working man behind the scenes, not the CEO exactly, but the person who did the job. What was the the quote that was so funny that you loved? Oh, my gosh. Well, so this was from an event. I think it was a dentist association where it said he Prince Philip said, don't a pedology, if I'm saying that right, is the science of opening your mouth and putting your foot in it, which I've practiced for many years. <laughs> so he that. was aware of the many things he said that were not 
PC appropriate, not okay. But, you know, he kind of owned that and supposedly was very good about internally in the household making things right pretty quickly if he did I was also staggered by just the quantity of events that he had attended. So he retired, like you mentioned, in May of 2017, but he had carried out roughly 22,000 engagements, 5,500 speeches, and 637 official overseas visits. Mm-hmm. Wow. Of such a full, full life. Yeah. And I also really liked this quote from Prince Harry from back in 2012, again, about Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip's relationship. And Harry said, regardless of whether my grandfather seems to be doing his own thing, sort of wandering off like a fish down the river, the fact that he's there, personally, I don't think that she, Queen Elizabeth, could do it without him. So I think just, I I guess my heart is just with Queen Elizabeth right now. Well, and speaking of Prince Harry, do you think that Harry and Meghan will fly over for a funeral? I mean, I think with travel restrictions still in place... It's yeah. going to be tough. I mean, also, I think just the fact that Megan is pregnant, I, I'm curious if we'll see Harry fly back. I think, you know, we know that a funeral is considered essential travel, so he would be allowed to do it. I don't know if Prince Harry, we have no information from them on whether or not he's vaccinated, so they would obviously have to weigh that health risk. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I look at it like it's Megan's just so already sad. eligible for the vaccine because she is pregnant. And yeah, we don't know if she got it yet, but everyone in California is April 15th is the April date for 15th. Yeah. Yeah. So he would still have to go. It's like the two shot. I mean, I just don't know if he, who knows if he's already gotten it, but I, yeah. I do feel like, you know, I'm just so curious this happening. Will we see Harry fly back? Is this an opportunity also to just like mend fences? Because I think nothing like this kind of something like this definitely makes everything else not feel important in my opinion, but yeah. I, it's definitely also For royal watchers, it's hard to know that, like, the next reunion will be one of sadness Mm -hmm. for the royal family and not one of celebration. I think that that's something that we had all really looked forward to is seeing people gather for something celebratory. And so that's going to be instead, um, you know, mourning the loss of Edinburgh. I do keep thinking of the recent Prince Harry anecdote about Prince Philip where he talked about their Zoom calls. And, you know, we know from uh, many, you know, the Oprah interview, also from their conversations with James Corden, that we know that Harry and Meghan have been quite in touch with the Queen and I'm assuming Prince Philip, but also just the idea that Prince Philip was, remember he would like shut his laptop. I don't know. Some of those anecdotes just kind of are nice to think about right now. And the fact that Harry told Gail King, you know, there was um, the question of who who mentioned Archie's skin color and how dark it would be. And Harry told Gail King it wasn't the Queen and it wasn't Prince Philip. And he really wanted to, to kind of defend their legacy from anyone questioning whether it was one of them. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, Harry loves his grandfather, whether they will include his name in the second child's name. I'm not sure. Yeah, we're, we're hearing some predictions from Rose about that. Yeah. Even as a girl, like maybe Philippa. I mean, we know that uh, with Princess Eugenie, she made it a part of August's name. So nice, you know, tribute to their their uh, grandfather. Also, I saw today that the former press secretary to the Queen, Charles Anson, went on the record and said her grief will be very private, speaking about Queen Elizabeth. He said it will show on the day itself, but inside the Queen is very strong and she will, I'm sure, draw on her faith to get her through this. So I think for us with this past year and how tumultuous it's been, we've really relied on the queen as the symbol of stability, her steadfastness and all of this, her, you know, her first coronavirus speech that we all felt kind of a sense of relief hearing her speak. And then to have her be shaken by something, by losing a loved one who she's basically spent her whole life with, I mean, 73 years and then some 
with, you know, before their marriage. So I feel like her heart is going to break. And that's really hard to think about as as a royal fan. I know. I know. I actually keep going back because we just obviously had Andrew Morton on the podcast. And in reading his book, which, again, we can't recommend enough, Elizabeth and Margaret, The Intimate World of the Windsor Sisters, I kept thinking about this anecdote in the very beginning of the book about how they first met. And it was like the weirdest circumstance where they were on the Victorian Albert yacht and a mumps outbreak occurred. And as a result, Prince Philip was the one that was put in charge via his uncle, Dickie Mountbatten, to watch over Princess Elizabeth and Princess Margaret. And so I'm just going to read a quick thing. It says, the only cadet available to keep the princesses entertained was Prince Philip of Greece, Dickie's tall, bronzed 18-year-old nephew. Elizabeth was only a sheltered 13-year-old at the time, face-to-face with this fair-haired boy, rather like a Viking, with a sharp face and piercing blue eyes. She displayed none of the confidence of an heiress presumptive, and who could blame her? She was dressed in the same clothes, ankle socks, and puff-sleeved dress as her little sister. Elizabeth sat pink-faced beside Philip throughout the lunch as he showed off his impressive skill at downing several heaping platefuls of shrimp and a banana split. While Margaret found anyone who could eat so many shrimps a hero— Elizabeth seemed infatuated for other reasons. <laughs> I love that. Anyways, I just lo- I just love kind of reminiscing about their relationship and what he's meant to her over the years. And that um, I think she told her father. This is this is from uh, the New York Times obituary. It said Elizabeth had made up her mind, telling her father that this dashing young naval officer was the only man I could ever love. Oh. From such Gosh. a young age, too, that yeah. she held them. So should we go through some of these tweets? Yeah, we're from- getting just, you know, briefly, we wanted to get into some of the reaction from around the, some from world leaders that's coming through right now. So the Archbishop of Canterbury said, on the occasions when I met him, I was always struck by his obvious joy at life, his inquiring mind, and his ability to communicate to people from every background and walk of life. He was a master at putting people at ease and making them feel special. And I loved Boris Johnson, who said, like the expert carriage driver that he was, he helped to steer the royal family and the monarchy so that it remains an institution indisputably vital to the balance and happiness of our national life. He was an environmentalist and a champion of the natural world long before it was fashionable. We remember the Duke for all of this and above all for his steadfast support of Her Majesty the Queen, not just as her consort by her side every day of her reign, but as her husband, her strength and stay of more than 70 years. And it is to Her Majesty and her family that our nation's thoughts must turn today. And then I really liked George W. Bush's and Laura Bush's statement. They said, Laura and I are saddened to learn of the passing of Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. Throughout his long and remarkable life, he devoted himself to worthy causes and to others. He represented the United Kingdom with dignity and brought boundless strength and support to the sovereign. Laura and I are fortunate to have enjoyed the charm and wit of his company, and we know how much he will be missed. We join those around the world offering heartfelt condolences to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and the entire royal family. Of course, a lot of news and details about this are still breaking, you know, and it is incredibly sad. Prince Philip was obviously 99 years old, so he lived a very full life. But we will be here for you guys next week with much more extended coverage. And feel free to write us a note if you want to share your thoughts. Info at gallerypodcast.com. That email is also in our show notes. See you next Thursday.